Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering in the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Alone. Together. That's what the hashtag says. Would it be a comfort to you if I told you that you are rarely, if ever, completely alone? Between your guides, your ancestors, your recently passed family members, and depending on what your life journey is, your demons, your angels, you are rarely, if ever, alone. I also want to take this time to thank all of you that have sent me such inspiring messages on Instagram and on Twitter. I hear you, and I appreciate it. We're all going through trying times, and oh, these times are trying us. As we go about our daily lives, we've been trained to think that the material world that we see is all that exists. But that's just not true. And it's foolish to continue to believe so even when the shadows surround us. When we hear mysterious noises and feel as if we're being followed, but no one is there. First, we are never alone. Next, we get lost on a chilling walk in the woods. After that, frightful spirits in poetic verse. And finally... There's danger in the mines and coal dust and anonymous creepypasta. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Not alone. Connecting with others staves off focusing on the quiet corners of our own homes. Dance challenges, duets, videos, and more. The biggest fear could be doing your most and flopping. Unfortunately, becoming viral isn't all it's cracked up to be either. The onslaught of phone notifications woke Ari up around three in the morning. 
Wondering why their phone was buzzing, Ari blinked at the alerts from the app where they'd uploaded themselves doing the latest dance challenge. The clip was going viral, much to Ari's surprise. Why is my video getting so many shares? Ari wondered, opening the app to see what people were saying. The video played automatically, and Ari laughed looking at themselves. Woof, I am awkward, they thought. Are people making fun of me? The most liked comment read, 13 seconds had me dead. And other comments had skull reactions and ghost emojis after words like, creepy, when you see it. Weirded out, Ari replayed the video and stopped at 13 seconds. They were crouched down by the stairs, stuck in a pose just before jumping into the air. Staring hard at the surroundings around themselves, Ari's vision landed on something strange. On the stairs was a small face, peeking out from between the bars. Zooming in, they saw what looked like a ghostly boy watching them with a round face and bowl cut, just sitting there. When the video resumed, Ari jumped and the boy's face on the staircase was gone. Ari was home alone. Immediately, Ari put the phone on the bedside table and turned on the bedroom lights. Opening the door, they flipped the hall lights on too. The stairs creaked. It's only the house shifting, Ari said out loud. But just to be sure they were alone, Ari stepped over to the top of the stairs and looked down. Below them, outside the cone of light spilling from above, was darkness. Out of that dark, the boy appeared, crab crawling up the stairs towards Ari. With a scream, Ari ran back to their room. Ari got back in bed and hid under the blanket. They took a deep breath, questioning what they saw. There was a succession of knocks on the door. A gasp caught in Ari's throat and their phone buzzed twice. Reaching out to grab it, they saw a small hand swipe it with a giggle. Ari hid under the blanket as the shadows of the small boy ran around the room. The light switch was then flicked off. Engulfed in darkness and without a phone, Ari was terrified. What did this ghost kid want? Paralyzed with fear, a chill took over the room. A weight shifted onto the mattress. The light of Ari's phone glowed through the blanket, getting closer and closer. Throwing the blanket away, Ari jumped off the bed and ran to the light switch. When the room was illuminated, something fell against their feet. It was Ari's phone. Looking at the screen, Ari noticed it was on the app, recording on selfie mode. And that's when the little boy appeared behind them hovering over their shoulder. It stretched its jaw in a hollow moan, making Ari shriek and run from the room, a haunting laughter behind them as they ran downstairs. When Ari looked at their phone, the option to upload popped on the screen. Replaying the recorded scare over and over, Ari looked to the stairs and the ghost sat looking on. It dawned on Ari that the ghost boy must have seen that it was noticed in the first video noticed for the first time and no longer alone. Is it that you want them to see you? Ari hesitantly asked the ghost boy. The ghost boy nodded, clapping, eager to go again. It was ready to scare more people into watching them both. Ari hit upload. We can do another one tomorrow. Heart still racing, Ari wondered just what the spirit might do if it wasn't appeased. What if the next video didn't get as much attention or go viral like the first? Will the ghost boy turn on them? Yes, more, the spirit ordered as its jaw unhinged in a big ghastly smile. The next night, there was a knock on Ari's door. Ari knocked back and the door opened. 
it was time for the next video. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Moving to a small town can be a big change. Trading in cityscapes for the woods, seeing less people and more ghosts. Like in this story inspired by Stormy. The sign on the side of the foggy highway read Whittingham, and peeling letters yellowed and rusted from the humidity. It's small and barely on any maps. Most people don't even know it exists. My family hadn't been settled in the town for long, but we quickly found ourselves in our usual routine. My parents opened up a restaurant, and we lived in the heart of Whittingham. Mom and Dad were happy to move on to a new place, but I missed my friends. Sure, it was more desolate than we were used to, but it felt as if we belonged there. After we'd lost everything in the last town we'd lived in, it was a nice change. Mom and Dad were handling the dinner shift while I relaxed in the barn. I'd woken up from a dream of the accident that made us have to uproot our lives here. The smell of burning wood woke me, and I went into a panic, remembering the flames surrounding us. I don't know how we got out of there. The fire had devastated the restaurant and destroyed our lives. Frustrated, I left the barn and looked over to the windows where smoke continued to billow out. Dad was probably still figuring out the new fire pit, but the intense smoke gave me a coughing fit. It felt like my lungs were on fire, like on that fateful night. I needed to forget about what happened, so I walked into the woods out back. Creeping all around, the smoke melded into the surrounding fog. It was hard to tell what time of day it was on account of how gray it was in Whittingham. Amongst the trees, everything was desolate, save for myself and the figure of an old man in a finely tailored suit. He tipped his hat to me when I walked by and introduced himself as Timothy Franklin. He asked me if I knew how to get to Sawyer's mansion. Being an easily spooked 12-year-old, I nervously responded that I hadn't been there yet. I knew it was haunted. The old man looked at me unblinkingly with his gaunt face, and I offered to show him where to go. He said he knew the way, but didn't mind the company. Knowing my manners, I knew I ought to at the very least walk him to the old decrypt place nearby. Briskly, I led us through the woods to the bridge closest to the road that led down to Sawyer's mansion. When we got to the cul-de-sac the house rested on, a black cat crossed our path and hissed. 
The old man crouched down and hissed right back. Skittering, the cat ran away and he laughed. I was thoroughly creeped out by Timothy's spurt of energy. He was awfully spry for an old man. Why do you want to go to Sawyer Mansion? It's been long abandoned, I asked. The old man fixed his collar. Oh, it's never been abandoned, son. Why, we're on our way to greet my darling Tallulah for the town celebration. It's a welcoming party, you know. Confused, I asked what he meant. As far as I knew, there was no town gathering or inhabitants in the old mansion. But as we walked up, the house looked different from how I remembered it. It stood resplendent on the end of its street, golden light shining from its windows and jazz music floated in the air. I looked around and everything seemed out of place. The fog intensified as we drew closer to the house and the smell of smoke. The gate swung open and a processional of people I didn't recognize burst towards us. At the head of it was an older woman in bright pink, twirling a parasol. Everyone seemed unnaturally happy in the gloom. I didn't understand what was happening when I found myself swept up by the crowd as they headed towards the cemetery behind Sawyer Mansion. I should go back to my parents at the restaurant, I stammered. Tallulah put her hand over her heart. Bless you, boy, but there's no restaurant there anymore. Besides, your parents are waiting for you at the party. They arrived not ten minutes ago. The fog began to roll down into the cemetery as we got closer. Fireflies sitting in the leaves shone like lights in the trees. When we crossed the threshold, I had a strange feeling come over me. I coughed, feeling a burning sensation in my throat. How could the restaurant not be there? What did she mean? Among the tombstones, the party was in full swing and filled with people in their best suits and dresses. Searching the crowd, I sought out Mom and Dad. If they were here, I needed to be with them. Through the thick of the crowd, I looked until I was dizzy. It was so packed. Finally, my mom clasped my hand and pulled me to where she stood with Dad. They hugged me close as the fog began to clear. I closed my eyes as I felt the warmth of their embrace. They smelled like smoke. It's time to go, Dad said reassuringly. When I opened my eyes, I looked back at Timothy and Tallulah. They waved at me and spun into each other's arms. The fog lifted in that moment, and I was at a loss for words. The faces and skin on everyone around us faded away, revealing jangly, dancing bones and tattered clothes. Welcome to Whittingham. We'll be seeing y'all around, Timothy shouted, and I realized he was dancing in front of a grave that read his and Tallulah's names. They were the founders of the town from over 200 years ago. Then I remembered my dream. The smoke and fire that I saw surrounding me before I woke up. We'd died in the accident. In a fire at the restaurant. Mr. Timothy Franklin nodded understandingly. He was there to help me cross over. My parents smiled as they pulled me along to our final resting place, where we'd spend eternity together as a family, forever, in the woods of Whittingham. Thank you so much, Story, for inspiring this story for us. I wonder with this, did the family die before 
after they arrived in Whittingham. Is Whittingham a curse or is it a salvation for these lost spirits? These spirits that just want to have a home. And now, what watches you as you sleep? Like in this poetry contributed by Christmas. Stanza one, back from the grave. I once knew a man named Dave who lost his life to a watery grave. He was very well read but badly behaved. One day, while being particularly not nice, he fell ungracefully through some thin ice. He splashed and flopped himself about, unable to climb out. He clawed and clawed but couldn't be thawed. In the end, he sank and died. No one cried or, for that matter, even tried. Sometimes I still see Dave walking around town, always lurking about with a miserable frown. Though I dare not say any greetings, out of fear he might take it as a welcomed meeting. Stanza 2, Under the Bed Sometimes, at night, when it's silent as the dead, I lay awake at night listening to the sounds that rattle through my head. That's when the man decided to come out from under my bed. I watch his long, bone-white fingers and dirty nails slither up from underneath me. I close my eyes tight in the hopes that the ghoul won't see. I pretend to be asleep while he stands near me for hours. This horrific, disfigured, decaying tower... After some time, he stalks to my parents' room. All the while, I'm frozen in terror, awaiting their doom. What he does in there, I never know. But soon as he returns again, my anxiety begins to grow. As he limps back, I can hear his body crack. He bids me farewell, and I wish he'd go to hell. He smiled, showing his greasy black teeth, opened it wider to reveal a battered tongue underneath. All night... He watches me. I wish he'd go away. He doesn't move until the break of day. Thank you so much, Christmas, for contributing this verse. I hope that the interactions with this man become better and not worse. For the rest of you that are thinking of submitting poetry or verse, please feel free to send them to us. Something scary at snarl.com. We'll make sure to read them first. An anonymous creepypasta reminds us to mine the history of a place for knowledge and dark truths in coal dust abridged. I had recently received a tip-off to investigate a small town in northern England. It was a silent town that hardly manifested on any map. The history of this place was as obscure as itself. The only background information I had received about the location was the construction of the power plant that was finalized in the early 80s. Before then, the town had heavily relied on coal from its coal mines in order to keep residents warm during hard, grueling winters. However, the most striking news that seemed to plague the town were the various reports of missing people. 
in the supposed continued operation of the coal mines despite its shutdown. Accounts of thick black smoke slithering from behind the gray ridges that tore along the horizon from across the fields that surrounded the town. I ventured into this town with the intent to investigate. The majority of my journey was uneventful. Tall grass, gangly trees, and rising hills crossed my vision for hours. Until, through random chance, I had somehow wandered onto a path that seemed to be untouched. With a newfound caution, I prepared to turn back, which was when something very odd struck my peripheral vision. It was a splash of color that prominently stood out from the green grass. It was sky blue. I took photos. It was a long-sleeved shirt. The color hadn't been as vibrant as I first thought. The blue was darkened and dull from years of exposure to the elements. Why was this here? The faded trail beckoned me onwards. I discovered more carelessly strewn about clothing, but they did not seem to belong to the same person. It was getting late, and I needed to turn back. I found nothing else and began to return to my starting point. Where was I? I was perplexed as I glanced behind me, only to notice that there was no longer a path. Only... Tall grass and a line of trees appeared. I began to walk aimlessly, attempting to make my way back. Panic began to swell as the encroaching darkness crept in. I did find something. It wasn't a root. My eyes fell upon dark columns of smoke rising towards the murky heavens. With disbelief, I began to ponder, was it really true? It couldn't be. I began to draw closer to the smoke as they loomed larger in the sky as I gradually made my way towards them. Just a little closer. Not long now. That was when I just noticed the noise that had been hiding amongst the background chorus of chirping birds and rustling autumn leaves. It was a low rumble. My mind immediately jumped to the idea that this was the mines in operation, yet I knew this was in possible. The green terrain withered away into an asphalt-colored landscape. I had reached my destination, the former coal pits. I had the idea of searching one of the mine shafts. Cautiously, I made my way down the side of this crater towards one of the openings. I decided to crawl through a barely noticeable gap. With great effort, I pushed my body through and came out the other side pitch blackness. Tapping into my resourceful side, I illuminated the place with my camera flash. Raising my camera, I clicked the button and the bright flash revealed ashen gray walls, supported by wooden beams that had, surprisingly for their age, not been rotted. In fact, they appeared new, as if somebody was still maintaining them. But how could this be possible? Searching the walls with my hands, I clawed my way around the tunnel, clumsily finding my way deeper and deeper. As I got deeper, a smell began to infest the area. Becoming more pungent as I descended, it became so strong that I began to gag heavily. Almost vomiting, I realized that it smelled like something dead. 
My feet reached a level ground and the descent had abruptly come to an end. Raising my camera once more, I activated the flash. I could have turned back then, and now I dearly wish I did. I had discovered where the missing people went. I saw piles of corpses stacked on top of one another. Their clothes were torn and shredded. They were dragged down here. This was made evident by the scratches and cuts visible on their skin. An incinerator was next to this horrifying sight. Reaching out with reluctant hands, I touched its surface. I immediately leapt backwards as I discovered it was hot. Tears welled up in my eyes and stung as the smell intensified. The smell of rot. The coal dust my fingers made contact with countless times. It wasn't coal dust. Glaring at my shaking hands, I found that they were covered in not coal, but ashes from burnt bodies. There was never any coal. I now knew how the town was kept warm during the winter, and the thought sickened me. The locals were all deceived and given power, meanwhile their own kind burned down here. Now I moved on to the next thought that occupied my mind. It was still in operation. It was too late when I came to this revelation, and blinded by my shock, I had not heard the creeping footsteps behind me. However. I did hear the words that froze the blood in my veins. More fuel for the fire, eh? This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty and Sabina Graves. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.